1: Hello out there to our fellow royal lovers where each week we give you a royal roundup on our favorite family. I'm Joe Dre, here with my lovely co-host, Molly Mulshine. How's it going?
0: Good, Joe. How was your vacation?
1: It was lovely. I missed you guys. Molly, I saw on your Instagram when the news came out, we got to talk about the memoir. There have been so many royal updates this week, but the number one story is Prince Harry is coming out with a book. So let's get into the royal roundup. This was like shocking, but also not shocking. What do you think?
0: Right. Like I was really surprised because Megan's always been the writer and I thought she would be the one to write the book. Also, I was surprised because I was like, Harry's been talking so much about what happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just so much information out there. But then also at the same time, I read somewhere that at least seven people have written books about Harry. So I get why he wants to write his own book about himself. I don't know. What What do you think about this choice?
1: Well, the reason I say it's not shocking is because when I first found out that Harry and Meghan would be leaving, you know, England, moving here, uh, not being senior members of the royal family anymore, I knew podcast deals, book deals. I mean, all of that stuff in my head just became inevitable. I think the shocking part to me was how quickly it is coming up, because I do agree with you that there has been so much information. The interview, the, you know, him coming back for Prince Philip's funeral for the statue unveiling. There's just been a lot of Harry going on. So for this announcement to come out now, it's like, and another one, (laughs) you know?
0: Right, and it's kind of like everything that he's been doing really hinges on his family, his past and himself. And that's sort of dangerous territory to be in, not only because his entire family seems to still be like furious with him and the more he talks the less likely it seems that they're ever going to reconcile, but also because he's going to run out of material at some point. Like, (laughs) you know, he was only, he and Megan were only married in the Royal family for like a year and a half. And of course he has his whole life leading up to that, that he can write about and talk about. But, you know, at a certain point you need to have a new product. You need to have like something new to push forward. And I've also noticed they haven't really been doing much of the charity and service work that they said they were going to do. So it, yeah,
1: there has been a bit of a disconnect with that. I think they, I don't want to say they were blaming COVID, but I think that sort of. Yeah. Altered, you know, just like sort of stopping, but. That's just Which is. Un-
0: yeah. That's understandable for sure. I just think it's going to get harder and harder and harder for them to come up with content just based on this small window of time that they, sort of keep dredging up. Do you know what I mean? Like hundred percent. it's risky.
1: Well, he released a statement with this announcement and I think we should read and then sort of dissect it. He said, quote, I'm writing this not as the prince I was born, but as the man I have become. I've worn many hats over the years, both literally and figuratively, and my hope is that in telling my story, the highs and lows, the mistakes, the lessons learned, I can help show that no matter where we come from, we have more in common than we think. I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to share what I've learned over the course of my life so far, and excited for people to read a firsthand account of my life that is accurate and wholly truthful. What a way to end that statement. I know. So... (laughs)
0: My first impression is the writer in me and the former editor in me. I I just hope his ghost writer is going to talk to him about the use of cliches. I've worn many hats, literally and figuratively. What are the, he's going to have a chapter about the literal hats. He's worn like, that's not great. You're
1: so right. Like the the whole thing.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of cliches. It's a lot of word salad. And like you said, a saying it's going to be accurate and wholly truthful. It's like, well, I hope so. It's a memoir. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I interpreted that as like, don't worry. I'm not going to like skew the truth. I'm not like, I'm going to tell you what really went down, but you're right. Like y- you shouldn't need to say that it's going to be truthful. A memoir innately should be truthful.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm going to read it. I'm going to devour it as soon as it comes out. I can't wait.
1: It comes out in late 2022. So again, I guess the announcement is now we'll probably forget about it. And then Christmas time next year, it'll be news all over again.
0: Yeah. Allegedly, the first draft is already done. And, you know, they said in the statement that he's donating the proceeds to charity. It didn't say how much. And we... Know that he got a $20 million advance from Random House, which is unheard of. And the advance, of course, is kind of them saying here's advance money from the sales it will make. So there might not be
1: continue to make.
0: Right. But I'm wondering if the 20 million is part of the proceeds that's gonna go to charity or not. Do you know what I mean? I'm just I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I wonder too. I mean, he did say As you mentioned, you know, there will be proceeds donated to charity. Um, We'll see how it goes. I mean, I think it's gonna be an insanely successful book. So that 20 million, in my opinion, will turn into a crazy number at the end of the day.
0: Definitely. And
1: I think the reason he may be doing this is, I think they're like, let's do the interview, let's do the book, let's do the book. Like, let's get it all out there now, let's make our money so that if we decide to disappear into Montecito, we can.
0: Yeah, but with that mortgage.
1: True, and also <laughs> I, as they said, me gain, me- Meghan Markle at the end of the day is a hustler, which I totally respect. I I feel like I want to be as much of a hustler, and I think that's a good attribute to have. So like those type of personalities aren't comfortable just like sitting back and like retiring. It's like Definitely. you want to be constantly like working and doing something.
0: I also love how like one of the biggest things that bothered me during when they were leaving the royal family, was the narrative that it was Meghan's choice, and Meghan's going to do this. Meghan's going to do a tell-all. Harry's the one who's doing all of this.
1: Harry's been doing. All, yeah, you're right.
0: You cannot blame Meghan. Like it is so. It was always sexist to be blaming Meghan, and now it's not only sexist but like clearly inaccurate. Like it's very clearly Harry who's doing. You're this. so
1: right, and I don't know why we're shocked and why we're not putting the onus on Harry. Harry was the one that was getting naked in Vegas. He was rebellious way before Megan. So the fact that we're, put, we're blaming Megan for like the departure, I agree is sexist. And clearly, Harry seems to be in the driver's seat with a lot of these decisions.
0: Right. And I I really applaud him for getting his chunk of the royal memoir market because people have been making a lot of money off of him and his family with memoirs for years. So I think it's it's so beyond fair that he is doing this. Uh, But I do have one last snarky thing to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) Which is that he said that he's not writing this as a prince. He's writing it as the man he has become, but he signed it, Prince Harry, Duchess of Sussex. It's like, you're yeah. in America now. We don't use the titles. Like it's.
1: People are having issues with that. I think it's like, there's a lot of this, like I, I'm the the man I am, not the Prince I am, but then it's kind con- like, it's all over. The signature is Prince Harry. Maybe it's That's... just, I'm just being up op- or like devil's advocate, optimistic. Maybe it's out of habit. <laughs> 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 like uh, I like I'm used to my signature kind of thing. I don't know, but right, you're like, still so right.
0: When people still use their maiden name after they get married. But <laughs> remember, we talked about this. How at the end of the Dax Shepherd podcast, they revealed that Harry's publicist had said to them, "Refer to him as Prince Harry and the Duke and Your Highness until he tells you not to."
1: Which I I do think that's a good rule. But again, I, I totally agree. Like. Either you are or you aren't. I mean, I would have kept it.
0: Me too, but I would be like, I'm being pretentious right now.
1: hundred <laughs> percent.
0: I would be like, I would be like Princess Margaret. Like, I'd be like, you have to curtsy to me and I know I'm being an a-hole. And that's right. just what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, like,
1: keep that going.
0: Yeah, like, I wouldn't be like, this is not about me being a princess. Like, of course it's about you being a prince. You wouldn't have this book deal if you weren't a prince.
1: A hundred percent. That is such, well, all right, we gotta move on to the next topic because we both have a lot of opinions and guess what? So does the royal family, because we here at Us Weekly got exclusive reporting on how they are reacting. And apparently the quote is, quote, the royal family is shaken up about the book. They are particularly concerned about what Harry will reveal.
0: I just like, this is the thing. Does he think this is gonna help? Who Harry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At this point, I mean, I think with the book him revealing that he's going to come out with a wholly honest and truthful book. He's, I think he's reiterating to his family. Like I'm not done telling the story so y'all can go F off.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the goal
1: is. There was no like meeting like, Hey, y'all cool with me writing a book.
0: (laughs) Right. That's what the rumor is that they had no idea. Um, and if, but I think, you know, we sort of talked about how William did not look as jolly as Harry a few weeks ago at the statue unveiling. I wonder if it's because Harry did give him a heads up and maybe he was like, God, we're getting more of this stuff. Like, and he couldn't yeah. even think being happy. I don't know.
1: Probably walking around with that knowledge in his head, like Jesus, here we go. And you know, more to the story. Right. The insider did reveal to us weekly that quote, they haven't received a copy yet and don't know what to expect. It's making them nervous. I mean, that's the other thing, anticipating it in late 2022 that like we, we now have a year and a half to contemplate what is in this damn thing. And if it was my sibling that there were issues with, I would be walking, I would be losing sleep.
0: I know. Especially if there I were things
1: about my family that I was like, you don't tell anyone. And every family has that. Right.
0: Every, every family has stupid fights and things that sound awful like 10 years down the line. And I don't know. Do you think they're going to respond to this? Like, what do you, do you think that? when the book comes out, do you think the royal family will refute it or do you think they'll just let it stand?
1: It's a good question. I guess my gut feeling is whatever's in it, they'll then, I think if there are like strong accusations, like the racial things that came out after that interview, yes, if it's it's just more of a truthful, truthful telling of his life and talking about growing up and Princess Diana and being in the military, I think they'll leave it alone. But if it's like laying into them, I think they might have to.
0: I also think Random House's legal team is going to go through this with a fine tooth comb. uh, And they're probably going to take out anything that's like extremely juicy that can be refuted. And I think anything negative is going to have to be based on Harry's emotional state. Like it's going to have to be like the things he said in the me you can't see when he said, you know, there was generational trauma in the way I was parented. You can't really refute that because it's not really a concrete fact. So I think that's probably what we'll see in the book, just so that they'll, they're playing it safe and, you know, not getting sued for
1: sure. But we will see. I mean, again, we'll be reading the book. We'll be talking about it for the next year and a half, but let's (laughs) uh, talk about some happy news over the weekend. Duchess Camilla turned 74 on Saturday, July 17th.
0: I can't believe she's 74. She looks great.
1: I thought the same thing. I would have yes. guessed like sixty seven
0: yeah, I think that's that that makes sense that's a good that's a good guess I yes. think what so did they did they release information about what they did to celebrate because I always picture Camilla being a fun party girl I don't know I why do.
1: i I didn't see anything yet. We'll have to do some research for next week, but um you know they a lot of the senior members of the royal family were tweeting and uh, releasing Instagram posts. The Queen's Twitter actually released like a happy birthday to Duchess Camilla and then like did like a link to like her body of work over the years. So that I felt like was a really sort of like pat on the back of like, I like this woman from the Queen.
0: That's good. And I feel like that was probably a stamp of approval that was decades in the making after what Charles yes. put his mother through in terms really? of his dating and marriage life.
1: Literally. And the second piece of happy news is that Beatrice and her husband celebrated their one-year anniversary. It's already been one one year, and they're expecting a baby this fall.
0: Yeah, very exciting. Another royal baby. They're just popping out left and right these days. Yeah.
1: They released a very cute selfie on Instagram. Uh, he wrote... I can't believe it has been one year, every second of every day since has been so full of joy, happiness, laughter and love. You are the kindest, loveliest and most beautiful person in the world. Thank you, my darling, for every second. I love them. This picture is so cute and so normal. Again, if I had to be a royal, I think I'm picking Beatrice and Eugenie all day, every day.
0: Yeah, like lower end, not having to a lower end. That's terrible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I know what you mean. Like you're you're second tier. Like they're they're in the spotlight, but they're clearly not what William and Harry have to go through.
0: Yeah. You're just like cruising along and Beatrice wore my favorite Royal wedding dress. The one that was repurposed from the queen. Uh, I thought that was beautiful. They had, they had the smallest wedding. They were, it was July, 2020. And it was like, you know, lockdowns were pretty much in full swing. And I just, I thought their wedding was really nice. And it must be nice that their baby is coming at a time when things will hopefully be a little more back to normal
1: definitely all right well it's time to spill the royalty and this week we have a very very special guest he is the illustrator of an amazing comic for the insider called a battle royal The two sides of harry and Meghan's fairy tale marriage and he's here to discuss the entire process of researching and illustrating the royal family so please welcome artist josh adams all right, Josh Adams, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Molly actually was the one to find you. And when she told me about it, I was so thrilled when I looked at your art. For those out there that don't know, tell us about the project that you created surrounding the Royal family.
2: Well, this is actually a sequel um, of sorts. Uh, and, uh, it's a comic we did with, uh, with the group Insider, uh, formerly Business Insider, called Battle Royal. To, to play on the, to play on the uh, phrase. Right. And, um, well, we, I mean, we, we feel like the, you know, the, the, the people who are following the events of the Royal family really, um, they supported us so much when we did our first story and, uh, you know, in relation to, you know, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And, um, we thought, you know, it's a story that's not over. And, um, Uh, So we thought we would continue because it's one of those things that so many people are paying attention to. And um, yeah, we we thought that there was more story to tell.
0: Now, did you know much about the Royal family and all of its drama before this project? How much research did you have to do?
2: Um, I knew, I knew a fair amount. I, to be perfectly honest, I, I guess as a, a person who came from the entertainment industry, I was much more familiar with Megan Markle as, as, as an actor. Um, than I, you know, than I was when she joined the Royal family and, and, uh, uh, on a, on a level of connecting, it was more, Oh, Megan Markle has gotten married rather than, Oh, Prince Harry has, you know, met Megan Markle. So, um, you know, I was certainly familiar with the royal family, and and being a you know a, a child of the late 80s and 90s, I was also very familiar with Princess Diana, Princess Diana. I'm sorry, Princess Diana, um, uh, which was obviously a huge impact on on you know our culture at the time. Um, but for the work itself, uh, there was a ton of research that goes in, and Insider has a lot of experts um, who you know are always at, are always resources for us. So, you know, we did our own research, we consulted them, you know, we pull a lot of quotes, we read a lot about it. Um, so, you know, it's, we don't, we don't skip out on the work. We make sure that we're telling as true a story as we can. And, um, if you see all of our insider comics have essentially a bibliography of resources at the bottom of them. So if anything is called into question, it can be seen, you know, the original source at the bottom of the article. Nice.
1: I'm I'm looking at it now for like the upteenth time at this point. I'm so fascinated. I love it. It it definitely is a, a timeline, and you're sort of walking us through step by step. Was there something that you learned that you didn't know before? Because again, like you said, the story is ongoing. It's also so convoluted. There's details <laughs> that pop up almost daily. What did you I learn?
2: Th- I think for me, the biggest thing I I took away from it was. Um, the, the, I guess the culture surrounding the royal family, uh, the the way that people respond and the groups that respond, because, uh, personally I, I didn't, you know, follow every single detail as it was happening, but there are people who do. Um, and, and I reached out to a lot of friends of mine, you know, friends from here in the U S friends from Canada, friends from UK. And I said, what does this mean to you? Hmm. And, um, you know that was a very eye-opening experience because it is really like a, a I suppose you could say a non-televised reality show for for some people, right. um, and and but it is also you know a very unique family's life. So um, I was really mainly surprised by the, the the massive I guess following of it as a form of you know you know wanting to know the day to day and the sort of crazy things that happen with this family. Right.
0: How did you parse through in your research, you know, the official palace statements versus the sources say like everything that surrounds the Royal family, it's sometimes hard to tell where the information (laughs) comes from. So did you ever have to make a choice to say, I don't really know if this is true, but I'm putting it in or anything along those lines?
2: We, well, we have a, a very, I mean, we're held to a very strict standard, um, if not for our own, you know, personal standards, you know, for, for sake of, you know, legal, you know, not wanting to get in trouble by saying the wrong thing or quoting the wrong source, but it really, the process starts, um, it starts with our, our writer, Anthony, Anthony Del Cole, who, uh, has written all the stories so far. Um, but we all kind of start with a very wide scope and we narrow it down and we try and find, um, a real direction for it. So for us, it really was this idea of like, okay, we we have a timeline, obviously of events. How do we convey this information in a way that, uh, speaks to that. Um, and that's when the information starts to be starts to rise up from amidst all the, all the, all the noise, I suppose you could say. And so for us, it was what information speaks to this idea that they are, they were a family once together and they are now a family apart and tie that to the timeline. So for us, it was this sort of giving an aesthetic that was um, like a photo album, which is what we were kind of going for. Um, And at that point, you know, all the relevant details start to become clearer once we know how we're telling our story.
1: Definitely. I definitely see that photo album aspect and I love that. I'm also noticing, and I have noticed even one of the first things I noticed when I first looked at the work was sort of like the page tearing. Mm. What was the inspiration behind that? I mean, I guess the obvious, but like, tell me about you guys deciding to work that in.
2: Uh, Well, it was literally, you know, it's that time. The timeline aspect was really quite a, a prevalent theme that we wanted. And so if we say to ourselves, Oh, we start with literally, a drawing of a timeline. What is that key thing that comes through it? And we also have two sides of the story. And so what we had that kind of was the theme throughout all the the different aspects of the story was a line that cuts through the middle of of a story. And so once we start, once we knew that, you know, there was a split, a divide or something, it was that idea that we needed a visual that, uh, could convey that there's two sides to the story or, or that there's a perceived two sides to the story, and that there is a sense that you know things happen in a very specific order and so so that ripping effect became a very interesting visual uh, way yeah. of conveying that yeah, I like that
0: interesting. Did you try to stay neutral while you were drawing these images? Were you ever tempted to give someone like a little scowl or something like that <laughs> um
2: I try as best I can. We have had other stories uh, that are not related to the royal family. That you know, it's a little harder to be neutral. Um, but as, really, I'm sorry. Such as, I'm just uh, well, we did one recently about, uh, or at the beginning of the year about the uh, January sixth attacks on the, the U.S. Capitol. You know, I I could feel I could add to that any amount of anger and vitriol. Right. Uh, that I that I wanted to. But with something like this, the reality is when we get deep into the information, you know, we're not looking at, at members of the royal family with any sort of malice. I mean, sure, you can find things to dislike about these people, but in those moments, I'm not we're not finding those moments to say, you know, this person tried very specifically to you know, ruin another person's day. I mean, there may have been those things, but they're almost equivalent to things that we have in our own families. And so I I don't go in there and try and paint a picture that's not, you know, explicitly stated, Um, you know, both for, both for truth and, and, and for, you know, trying to respect my work uh, on a personal level. Definitely.
1: One of my favorite images in the piece is sort of the superhero quality uh, between Prince Harry and Prince William. And of course, everyone out there that watches Archo is fascinated with the so-called rift between the brothers. Well, this would seem to be more of a fictitious image because I don't think we've ever necessarily seen, well, maybe we have seen William running from a helicopter. We Mm -hmm. haven't necessarily seen Prince Harry, like you know, kick off or throw off papers. What was the inspiration behind this?
2: Um, I think it was more of, I mean, first of all, my my career started in both working for the sci fi channel and working in comic books. So there are moments where it's hard to shake hard to shake those superhero roots in my own drawing. Right. But um, I think that some of it is just, it's trying to add a little sense of visual drama or intensity to mimic that emotion because, you know, uh, they present a very cool demeanor publicly. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find our ways to to emphasize that despite their public image, you know, they they have emotions, they have you know, these things that they, that they hold in. And that's probably been a struggle for them in their whole lives. Um, you know, they've had cameras on them since the, since they were born. So finding that way to say, Hey, these people, you know, they're struggling, you know, they're dealing with, with, you know, issues between family members. I mean, I've, we've all had those kinds of problems. So we, we want to kind of convey that a little bit.
0: Was there one moment that you illustrated in this series that you wish you had more information on about what went on behind the scenes?
2: Oh, goodness um, it, one moment is it would be incredibly difficult I think to narrow it down to one i I, I wish that we could you know have a, a three hundred sixty degree camera catching every every discussion and and everything because our goal is to to inform really, and to find a way to convey that information to, you know, an audience that may have only observed this stuff as a salacious headline scrolling past their newsfeed. And that's always been our goal. So we, we, we dig so hard to try and get as much relevant information from every scenario as we can. Um, so there are, there are every, every moment that we, that we told the story, I mean, the events surrounding the, the wedding, uh, was, was always a a huge one for us because that seemed like, you know, I mean, planning a wedding for any person is a stressful thing. Uh, a Royal wedding, I'm sure is is tenfold, but, uh, it, it felt like there was a lot of, uh, he said, she said sort of things kind of milling about that, that, that event that we would have loved to have seen a little more firsthand or known a little more about, um, just because that was such a big effect. Right.
1: Finally, I'm just curious, af- after you've done this work as a sequel, you've spent a lot of time researching the royal family, drawing them. I'm also noticing a lot of, you know, sad eyes when I look at Harry and Meghan. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it safe to say that you sympathize with these two?
2: <laughs> yes, I, I do sympathize with them. I mean, I think that um... I think that when you're under a microscope um, I suppose it's one thing to live your life under a microscope. It's, it's, you know, people will, people will throw, well, you're a famous person. That's, that's the price of being famous. Uh, I I don't think it's necessarily a fair statement because you add to that fame that you're not necessarily under a, uh, an analytical microscope. You're under a judgmental microscope. And so you have, you know, a section of media that covers everything you do uh, very prejudiciously. Um, and and uh, you know that's I think that's difficult. I think that any person under the under the kind of public pressures that they have would would have a difficult time. So I do sympathize with them in that regard. You know, I I can't necessarily sympathize with them in the fact that they're probably gonna make more money than i'll ever make in my lifetime but good for them you know <laughs> like i'm not gonna hit on that but i will i will and i always try and find the, the emotional connection to the stories that we do this one i think was fairly easy to connect to you know there is a, a large group of people who are very judgmental and and uh, a large industry that profits off of that judgment so i can understand that
1: Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for joining us. Will there be more Royal works in the future?
2: You know, um, of considering the nature of the ones that we have done, it is my sincere hope that there isn't because we are technically covering some difficult events in the lives of these people. And I would not wish them to have more difficult events at, at our benefit. But if there are stories that do come out, unfortunate, you know, we would love to cover them because our, our goal is to inform and our goal is to create content that uh, keeps people from, from gaining the wrong kinds of information. So, you know, we will, we'll cover the stories that, that are relevant and need to be, you know, informed to the public.
1: Maybe the next one will be like you taping the, The pages together.
2: Yes, I would love to tell a perfectly happy story about how the Royal Family came together and did something truly great that brought them together. That would be amazing. Definitely. Well, we
1: agree with that, right, Molly?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm just dying for them to get back together. I want the cousins to play. That's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Josh. Come join us anytime. And your work is incredible. You're very, very talented.
2: Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. And I'd love to come back sometime.
1: That's it for this week's episode of Roylia. Keep commenting and keep subscribing. We'll see you next week.